With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Good morning and welcome to the podcast name later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stone. His name is Jared Kugar. Jared, I'm, I'm back in the swing of things, man. I see that. Listen, let's be real. You said you got COVID just so you can get out of watching the Reds and Nationals play baseball in Pittsburgh. And then, boom. Yeah. Oh, look, trip to Miami. Yeah, yeah, well. I, I think there would have been plenty of other easier ways than, you know, to take to take 10 games for an introvert coverage for an introvert like yourself. I think the isolation probably went really well. You've got longer hair. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it's even longer now. I was I, I'm, I'm zeroing on a zeroing in on a haircut. I think, Jared, I think it's time. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. You have enough hair for both of us. Yeah, but we both got to see some actual good baseball because if you've been under a rock, I covered for Alex and and for this covered the Pirates games for the site on Saturday, Sunday, and also on Tuesday. Um, and guess what? The Pirates actually were competent. Or I'm sorry, Wednesday, they went two and one in my games that I got to see, winning on Saturday and Clemente Day on Wednesday. And then they lost, of course, Sunday because they were going for a sweep. And why would the Pirates ever get a sweep? But we've actually been seeing some really good baseball, and especially out of a pen that's kind of, you know, short. Yeah. And you know what? One of the guys in that pen who's really pitched well all year, then especially Friday night. Friday night, I I know the ledger is going to say gave up a triple and an intentional walk. But that was as good as we've seen Chris Stratton all year, especially with the breaking stuff, especially, especially with his back against the wall. And, you know, he gave a lot of credit to Stallings. He knew that he could go down in the dirt for, you know, a lot of stuff, got a couple chases down there, got the final strikeout with a pitch like that. But that was a really good outing. And what has been, I guess you could still say quietly, what, I mean, compared to all baseball, but if you've been following Pirates baseball year, you know that Chris Stratton has had a good season in a variety of different roles. No, and that's a, a, an excellent way to look at it because, you know, he's not given up very many runs, if any, recently. And when you're getting that out of a reliever, and he's pitched the most innings over the majors over the last two years out of relievers, 
and when that happens, man, life's good. And, and to have somebody at the back end of your bullpen, whether that's the setup role, whether that's the fireman, whether it's the iceman, whatever you want to call that role, it's great to have a guy like that. And that's somebody that the pirates have desperately needed at the back end of their bullpen. Really? Since, you know, you want to go back to the shark tank days uh, of old. Well, they've always had, it's kind of amazing. The pirates have definitely had, some feasts and famine over this past decade, but they've had consistent back like closer. That has been always a strength here. And it raises the question about, I I still believe, and I don't think I'm going to be met with much opposition whenever I say David Bennart is the closer going forward. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. but, But he's got the oblique right now, even though he's not officially shut down, that's, it kind of looks like there might not be enough time on the calendar for him to come back. I mean, we'll, we'll see as we're, we're going to get an answer probably this week because there's not a ton of season left. If he's not throwing or bullpens or at least doing some serious throwing, I know he's throwing right now, but there's a difference between playing catch and throwing and, you know, throwing off a slope or mound or bullpens or whatever. We'll see what happens with David Bender there. I think we could, probably see Chris Stratton in that closer role the rest of the way. But let's say 2022 comes around, he's not traded, which it could potentially happen this offseason, a cheap reliever who does a lot of good things well. Where in a perfect world for the Pirates do they have Chris Stratton? What is his role? Because I'm going to hit you with a couple things here. We've seen him as the closer. We've seen him as the setup man. We've seen him as a multi-inning guy, and I'm going to throw this one out here. We've seen him as a fireman, where he's inherited 17 runners this year. This year, only four have scored, so he does a good job with that. You know, coming in, runners on base, you got to get an out right there. He's done a good job in that too. So, what is Chris Stratton's? How do you maximize him? What's his role? Yeah, I mean, honestly, obviously, we we talk about David Bednar. Bednar is the closer. And this is completely Pittsburgh of me, but there's really nothing better than him running out to renegade every time. Yeah. Um, that's very Pittsburgh. That's great. You know, and, and he's been very successful in that role since, you know, inheriting it. But I think, you know, I think Stratton's going to be that guy that Derek Shelton uses in the highest of leverage positions. And he's gone on record as saying is that the, the guys that are going to get that, but it doesn't necessarily matter where they're at. So say like one of the starting pitchers goes five innings and, you know, it's a high leverage situation in the sixth inning. We could see Stratton there. We could see Nick Mears there. We can see him all over the place. And that's, I would see him more of a fireman um, just because of the, just because of the blend of what Derek Shelton wants to do with that bullpen, whether that happens next year is to be determined, but if he's not going to be the, the setup guy, so to speak, I think he would be very effective as a fireman too. The one role I do not want to see him in is is just generic setup man, and they try to make him into a Tony Watson or, or whatever he where he's just gonna go pitch the eighth inning and that's that. That that's the worst thing I think they could do for Chris Stratton. Like I'm not a huge fan of the closer archetype anymore, but I I get the the status that it gives to, and I also get you know the manager get it to the ninth inning, you hand it over to your best guy and, you know, you don't have to worry about it anymore. I get that. 
aspect of it. And I think the fireman is something that I, I think he could do well in that role. I think the inherited runner stuff, we're probably not going to see him inherit another runner the rest of the season. If he's going to be pitching, you know, the eighth or ninth inning, you know, the rest of the season, he'll probably always come in with a clean frame, but he's proven that he could do that. And, you know, Bednar was someone who also did really good in that role too. And he started to get those higher leverage opportunities too. I, I wouldn't mind Chris Stratton being the higher leverage guy. I know the ERA isn't great, but I mean, it's good, but it's not like outstanding. It's, it's what, like 3.6 right not right about now, which is, which is fine, but you wouldn't necessarily think, Oh, this guy is one of the team's best relievers with that, but he is, he is. And that's not because, you know, the bullpen's, oh, man, it's so bad that a guy with an only good ERA is one of their best guys. Like, no, no, this is a guy who's better than his traditional stats. He goes, he puts your team in a better position to win. you got to maximize that. Right. And, and listen, ERA for relievers is not the, a telltale statistic, right? You have very minimal opportunities. So if, you're, if your ERA is ballooned up at the beginning of the year, it's going to take a while to get that back down. So, I mean, ERA is kind of a subjective stat when it comes to stuff, kind of like wins in starting pitching. Um, but it's, listen, put him in the high leverage situations and let him ball out. I mean, Bednar is your closer, but you don't need a true, true setup guy anymore. Go, listen, if he's your best, if he's your most consistent, most efficient reliever, send him out in the sixth or seventh inning. Send him out there and, and hit the meat of the order face those guys and get it to the ninth inning or get it to later in the game. Because, you know, the way that the pirates have handled their pitching staff, obviously they're, I think the biggest thing to, to take note of is they've been very, very careful and very, very cautious in how starting pitchers are used, not often going anywhere near a hundred pitches, often anywhere between the 75 and 85 range. Sometimes that gets you through three innings. Sometimes they get you through five innings, Mitch Keller. Sometimes they get you through seven innings. It, it just kind of varies. So it, it, the biggest thing for them is, hey, hey listen, if, if Mitch Keller gets me six innings or, or five innings, let's say, and I need Stratton to go face the three, four, five hitters of, of many teams, then go do it. And you know what? Then, you know, play off of that because – at that point, when you're taking your starter out, you're going inning by inning and seeing what happens. We're going to take a break. Whenever we come back, we got a little minor league baseball talk. Pirates say that they really want Greensboro and Bradenton, those teams, to learn to win together. They're going to the playoffs. How important is that for this organization going forward? We'll be back in a bit. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. 
Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to the podcast later on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I am Jared Brugard. He is Alex Stump. Alex, the minor leagues get to have a playoffs. Obviously, Bradenton and Greensboro have clinched their chances. And why do they matter? Do, do minor league playoffs matter? I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate here in a little bit, but I'm going to start off by saying, yes, they do matter in the most literal of senses of there's going to be another week of games for these teams to play. And it's going to be against higher leverage competition. Not to say that necessarily that these are going to be the two teams that have the best prospects going forward, but there are definitely talented players there. That's why they won games. And I think that's, very important, you know, just to get those high leverage games in there for for Jared Jones and Michael Burroughs and Carmen Majinski, just like all these pitching prospects to face a good lineup one more time to finish the season. And, and for lack of a better way of saying it, you know, ball out, empty the tank. Let's see what you got, you know, type of deal. Not to say that they're going to run up, you know, 120 pitch counts or what any or anything like that. But like, no, here you go. You got one more start. Make it count. This is this is. For your case and purpose, you're game seven every single time. That All that's good. Here's my devil's advocate. That previous team, that previous core that never really came together with like the Cole Tuckers and stuff like that. What did I do to you in, in 2017, Jared? Oh. I vultured your... Eastern League Championship, Altoona Curve, them going to the championship. That team won in double-A. They won in A-ball, too. That didn't translate to the major leagues, all right? That, that's the devil's advocate of it. Yeah, it's nice if you could bring home a single-A championship, but the goal is to bring home a major league championship, and that single-A, double-A ones that they did, oh, man, did it not translate to the majors. <sighs> I hate this because I agree. <laughs> but no, you're oh. right. Listen, play, and of all years, this is the best year to make the playoffs in any league in the minors because you get those extra reps. Not all of these guys were at the tra- alternate sites, whether it's to start this year or, or all of last year. So you want to see that extra, those extra reps. You want to see that extra week of evaluation and, and see what they've got. See the moxie that they have when Michael Burroughs toes the mound in a championship series or a playoff series. Yeah. I, so the experience I think is, is great, but let's be real. As much as I would love to say, the Eastern league championship winning 2017 team, which fun fact, I got to see Mitch Keller who dominated in those playoffs uh, on Wednesday. It was like a flashback. I felt like I needed a roller coaster in the middle of the river. Um, Has it translated? No. I mean, the 2010 team 
it translated actually to them making the wild card. I think, uh, I think a lot of the core guys on that team um, made it, but I mean, let's be real, you, you know, winning, winning is great. Winning is, you know, but when you, when you get to the majors and you're not winning and the consistency of winning and losing is, you know, you're losing far more than you're winning. It takes a toll. And when you have all that success in the minors, listen, you're not going up against double A baseball players anymore. You're not going against single A baseball players anymore. Now you're going against major leaguers like Yadi Molina, who's been there for 35 years, Joey Votto, who's been there for 40 and, you know, just different guys like that every day that are consummate pros that know how to hit the baseball, when to hit it, where to hit it and stuff like that. And you're also going against pitchers that know where to locate it, where to put it and this count, that count and the other thing. And it's the majors. It's a hell of a lot different than, than the minor, than the minor league system. So this year, I think that making that the making the postseason is great. You know, AAA gets that gets to mirror the major league baseball season, which I think is actually a really good idea, really good thing. Um, now, India is indie, and you know they're not going to make the playoffs, and rightfully so if you've seen that lineup being put together for right now. So, I mean, yeah, why do they matter? Yeah, there's winning. Winning isn't everything. You know, winning, I'm, you know, it is what it is. You go out, you play the game, and you hope for the best. And whether that involves a championship at the minor league level, great. But at the end of the day, you want to put hardware in your major league stadium. Not, you don't need to put banners up at, at PNG Field. It's all about those, those banners at PNC Park. Yeah, and, and before I, I should have brought this up in my first point because I, I put this in insider. I, I've talked to a couple pitchers, you know, Jared Jones and, and Michael Burroughs. That's why I think those were the two names that immediately came to mind whenever I was just listing off guys, both of whom I'm like, you know, if you got a promotion this year and they, they were both like, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. It'd also be really cool to, to finish what we started here. You know, we're, we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to do this we got to you know finish what we started here learn to win you know the team chemistry all that stuff that they want it does raise an interesting point because i'm not going to go uber macro here because there have been promotions throughout the minor leagues but i it really does feel like the pirates have been stingier yeah and most so, so whenever you see a Nick Gonzalez, a Pagaro, all those guys in Greensboro, you know, at the end of the year, they've been in Greensboro all year facing kids who might have started the year in low A or hell, even maybe even the complex league. Yeah. I mean, who's the biggest name that's gotten called up? Diego Castillo and Matt Frazier? Matt right? Frazier, Omar Cruz. Got yeah. a promotion. I mean, there have been very few big time promotions. A lot of it is just kind of roster fluctuation. I think um, we're going to see that change. <laughs> right. And, and it week. should, because, the, because like we've said, you know, guys like Mason Martin, is he really getting out of double A what he should be? But, you know, same thing with O'Neill Cruz. I, I do think that if O'Neill Cruz and Ronzi Contreras stayed healthy, we would have saw them in Indy before, but Hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles. So, you know, I like that they're keeping them together, but at the same time, hey, what happens if Pagaro and Gonzalez don't play up the middle together at the major leagues? I mean, 
chemistry is is a lot and it seems you know judging by social media and, and judging by a lot of things you know in greensboro that those two have an incredible amount of chemistry as does that team when you win together you build that chemistry so i mean you look at it and you see what happens man and guess what you know the people that are in pittsburgh need to know that these guys are coming and and coming fast because i think you know next year that that single a that high a group's going to be in in altoona I think by middle of the next year, most of them, if, if they translate to d- the double a game, well, could end up in triple a and, you know, you know, it's, they're going to be fun to watch. And, and the, the pirate system, I think is, is at, it's at an all time high and you know what, maximize it and keep them together as long as you can. And why would you, why would you want to go against a bigger thing? Um, so let's see how it goes. This isn't even really a good point of bringing up, but you, you mentioned, you know, these guys are going to Altoona next year, and I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I'm going to have to make a couple trips out to Altoona. Well, hey. Like I, like, I made a couple this year, but next year's group is definitely – you're getting a good batch up there next year, man, and the following year. Hey, listen, I, I got my feet wet. I did my Rodolfo Castro little cameo in the majors. I can always hold down the fort if you need to, if you need to come visit. You know what? I, I'm looking forward to those minor league trips in 2022. Me too, because I think Altoona is going to be um, a lot of fun to watch. I think, you know, even this year, for the most part, they were a lot of fun to watch. And we're going to find out a lot more about who gets who gets those calls. And we're going to find that out here relatively soon, too. Yeah, because, again, I mean, Ben Sherrington has said it. Once you're in AAA, you're basically – you know, on the major league grade or anything could happen the next so day. So if I have up. AAA insurance, does that mean I've got major league insurance? Or AAA I think, roadside I, I think, assistance? Uh, I think the union plan's a little better than, than that. Probably a little bit better of a pension, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. Hey, we're going to take one more break. we got one more segment of show coming up. here i I casually drop this i feel like most of the people who listened to at least young bucks or know know the origin story of how in 2017 you were covering the curve and then you had a penn state game or something and i went in for for them to win the championship and no it was the division division championship to to go to the championship series and you know, that's, it's kind of funny that comes up because we did that for a site called Pirates Breakdown in 2017. And that site was run, founded, it just spearheaded every verb you could have by Jason Rolson, um, who this upcoming week, we will be approaching the second year of his way too soon passing. Um Jason was the man and it's kind of amazing that here we are four, literally four years later, I'm still making that same stupid joke and it was only possible. We only met and this is possible because of Jason. 
Yeah, and it's funny. And I joke. I listen. I am not very serious. If any, if any of you have the, I don't want to say pleasure because I'm sure nobody gets pleasure out of my <laughs> tweets. But I am very sarcastic. I'm very weird on Twitter. Um, not as weird as some people, but hey, it is what it is. Uh-huh. I do have a blue check mark. That's all that matters in my life. I'm verified, and I hear about it all the time from my players, which is a really weird thing to happen. But, but no, you're right. And it and it was so funny because we made fun of each other for the longest time over that because we, you got that division clinching game, and I got the championship game. I saw Mitch Keller throw an incredible postseason. Like he was unhittable. He was the Eastern League MVP or postseason MVP, and you know, Jason was a big part of that. And, and Jason's been a big part of Alex and I's friendship. And I remember both of you, you know, this is, I'm 30 years old and I feel like the oldest person on this podcast because, well, I am, but yes, don't forget it. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. But I remember, you know, making the jump to DK to, to take over pirates prospect stuff and, and Penn state stuff. And I remember being like Jason was the first person I texted and was like, yo, do I, do you think I should do this? And then he was, he, he returned the favor because he wrote for, for DK uh, Pittsburgh sports just a short time after that. And that's where mound visit was born mm-hmm. and his analytical genius. And, and honestly, his eye for talent, man, I'm not talented by any means, but like <laughs> some of the people that he, that he had on that staff have gone on to incredible things. Yeah. It, um, and the, it's a laundry list of, you know, uh, of people that are, are either, you know, doing stuff for the Beaver County times or the Mon Valley independent or for us and, you know, and, and being there for me being on the inside, looking out as you and Jason came aboard and, and to see the growth of, of Jason at that time and to see your growth and then to see my growth as well, because like we said in the first segment, I got to cover major league baseball games this week because of obviously untimely circumstances, but it worked out that, you know, I got to cover the weekend and, and then go to, um, go to the game on Wednesday. And, and, and when you look back and you reflect on, on Jason and, and Jason's life and there wasn't a more selfless person. And now did he go about things in the way that maybe people did he should have in, in certain instances with, with the media and with the teams that we covered, maybe not, but listen, he got the job done. And I honestly think he was a trailblazer for a lot of the other sites, you know, that have popped up since then. And, and I will forever be grateful for Jason, not just for the friendship that I had with him, but for the guidance and, and for everything that he was able to do, because there was nobody that was more, more gracious or more giving of his time and, and, and all. And, you know, it, it sucks that he's gone because I think I, you know, there are a lot of people that I wish could see where we're at today. And this is obviously running yeah. on, on Saturday, tomorrow, Sunday, and it'll be nine years since my father has passed away. And, and Jason was like my, my drunkle or my funkle, or if you, however you want to call it, he's like the fun guy in my life that like I bounced things off of. And, and I knew that like, if I needed something, like we could go grab a beer and talk and, and everything would be okay. And that's, I think the biggest thing that I missed because I, I love Jason to death and it sucked to see what he went through at the end, but I am so glad that, you know, by chance he wrote for Pittsburgh 
sporting news for three minutes. I said that I was moving to Altoona. Would he, would he need somebody to help uh, college or not college coverage, but cover the, uh, the curve. And then, you know, here we are, here we are for whatever, many years later, you and I are still writing together, podcasting together. The only thing missing is Jason, but I know that he's with us. Every podcast, every article that we write, every time we're at the ballpark, he's sitting there right beside us, egging us on to, to bigger and better things. Yeah. So if you, if you've ever enjoyed something Jared and I have done together, know, know that it's Jason's fault. <laughs> He's the guy who, who brought us together. And, and I, I threw this out on Twitter last year, but it, it, it bears repeating. Um, people who have been with the site a couple years now would know that I came in mid-season towards the end of 2019 and I was very frustrated with my career by mid 2019 I was freelancing at places and it just wasn't working (laughs) in a lot of mine a lot of my mind at that point so I I kind of made the decision like look I'm I'm gonna enjoy this last season covering baseball and then I'm, I'm going to move on get a big boy job do what I want to do the rest of my life this opportunity pops up in mid-August and like Jason is petitioning Dan like yo I got I got the guy you know for this for the job here and then he's going to me he's like you're not quitting yet all right you you didn't bust your ass all these years just to bow out right as you know right as things were going to break so he he was instrumental blame him for everything i've ever done at dk without him it does not happen and there is no other way of putting it no and, and he's been like we i mean we, we could go this could be an entire podcast dedicated to jason and what he means to us so putting putting how we feel about his impact on us um it's not fair to really put into words, but we're trying. And of course, as always on podcasts, we struggle. Um, yes. <laughs> but, but Jason was, I, and, and I truly believe this. And I've talked to, I talked with a bunch of people about this over the last few weeks uh, because I knew, I, I knew that this day was coming. I knew that September has always been, you know, uh, a bad month for me personally. Um and not so much anymore, but, you know, my dad's birthday, September 7th, um, his, the anniversary of death, September 19th, you have Jason in there and some other, uh, other personal things. So, you know, September was never really the greatest thing, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, man, when you have guys like Jason in your corner and advocating for you and I, and listen, I know, you know, Jason and I were both in your corner and I know we were both in each other's ears and multiple times throughout our careers and we will continue to be. Um, and that's not just because we podcast together, but because Alex and I are good friends. We have a, a great working relationship and a great friendship, even though he vultures clinching games for me every once in a while. And there um, it is. But but that's what makes, you know, that's what makes Jason. So he he brought so many great people together that are friends or that have met because of because of him and his belief in us and what he was what he had planned and man i wish those plans would have come to fruition because the people that he had assembled you want to talk about the avengers (laughs) 
they were the Avengers of, of pirates, baseball, Twitter, pirates, baseball writing from analytics to straight journalism, to straight reporting, to, to anything and everything. Jason had everybody that he needed to create, you know, like the cinematic universe of Pittsburgh sports media. And I really wish it would have come to fruition, but I'm so glad that he was able to accomplish his goal and his dream of, you know, being able to get paid to write, you know, and, and get paid to, to work for us here at DK. And, and I'm so thankful that he's been able to help us get to the positions that we're in because, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I'm finally full-time getting paid, you know, that grind, that piecemealing it together, like you said about uh, when you were freelancing and, when you piecemeal things together, it's not easy. It's frustrating because you never, you never know when you're going to get that break. And I firmly believe that Jason had a role in it um, a lot more major than I ever could have considered, but I'm so grateful to call him a mentor, a friend, a coworker, everything under the sun. And I'm so glad that he has brought us together and, and has made not only just us better as human beings and writers, but also this site better because now mountain visits, the asylum, everything was, you know, when you think back to it, Jason had a role in that and an impact in that. And I'm forever indebted to, to Jason Rollison and, and the impact that, that he had on us and, and forever and always. <sighs> That's a nice, let's end it there before we ruin, ruin another all podcast. Nice things. Yes. <laughs> we, there will be more podcasts to come. And if you want to catch up with them, be sure to subscribe wherever you find, find podcasts, not just for us, but all the shows that we have here on the DK Pittsburgh sports podcasting network. Be sure to subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week. Thank you, Jason. We love, we miss you. You're with us always. Mm-hmm.